Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Small Church Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan McCurdy, and we're going to jump right in today on our continued topic of trunk or treat events. And so we discussed follow-up. We've had some interviews uh, with Tim Baker, with Brandon McCurdy, and then we'll be dropping some here uh, with a friend of mine, Ryan Rupel. And so we're going to talk today, though, about planning the event. We've gone over kind of what a trunk or treat is and what a follow-up plan we should have with that. We're just going to get into planning this type of event. So one thing to really figure out is when do you want to have the trunk or treat? I've always done it on a Sunday. I feel like that's the best day to uh, have volunteers there, right? This is going to be uh, potentially an all-hands-on-deck event. And sometimes it's tough to get people that to come back another day of the week. So you have them there on Sunday, do an afternoon service, or maybe in place of your Sunday evening service, whatever works for you. Uh, is what we've done in the past personally. But I know people that have done it uh, Wednesday evenings, Saturday evenings, in the afternoon, and uh, whatever works best for you and your church and getting volunteers there. But um, that's obviously the a part of the focus is to have many people helping with this event because it's really good for them to engage them, but also you need them. You need lots of help. Another thing to figure out is how many trunks would you like to have? Um, I think a sweet spot is like 15 to 20. Sometimes... Um, we kind of get out of what we can handle because we have so many trunks and uh, each trunk has to give out candy. And so if you get like 40 trunks and you get a thousand people that show up, right, your ratio of like how much candy you're giving out goes up immensely. So I like kind of the 15 to 20 range. It allows you to kind of curb that if you need to. Hey, we're running low on candy. Let's cut it back a little bit or we have more, those type of things. So at the end of the day, you're going to kind of pick, which is the next thing here, how much candy do you want to give out? And so these two things kind of go hand in hand together. Okay, how many how many pieces of candy roughly do, do we want a kid to walk away with? He came, and really uh, 40 to 80 pieces of candy are, are, is a lot uh, for a kid to, uh, to get. So um, in that ballpark's really good, whatever you can afford. So base your trunk amount, how many, how many different trunks, how many people you want giving out candy based on that. And so obviously you kind of just divide that out. If each kid gets X amount of candy, each trunk gives him one or two pieces of candy. And then, um, you know, we have X amount of trunks and that equals however many pieces of candy we're going to give out. So in my case, I'm going to have 15 trunks. I want to give out about 40 pieces of candy per kid. So I need like 40,000 pieces of candy. The more trunks you add though, the you know much quicker that number goes up potentially. So just kind of figuring out those type of things, how many trunks you want to have, how much candy you want to give out, because that really helps you with this next thing, what is your budget? Because if not the largest expense you're going to have is candy or trying to figure those things out. So um, obviously we'll get into this in a minute, getting people to sign up to bring candy. Uh, and that's going to be a huge way to influx of um how to get candy is people that maybe aren't setting up a trunk to bring some, people that are setting up trunks, but you need to kind of be clear to them, hey, here's how many people we're expecting and uh, planning on if you can provide that much candy and then have people bring in candy, you know, to kind of subsidize that and then if the church needs to buy some more, buying that ahead of time, those type of things. Uh, Big thing, obviously, as we've discussed, and I think uh, everybody we've had on uh, thus far has talked about the benefit of people uh, volunteering. And so, a huge part of that is getting them signed up. And so we here at my church, we have sign-up sheets um, in our lobby, kind of have an area for that. Uh, church has that in Michigan, First Baptist Church of Bridgeport. Uh, the time I was there, they would kind of pass uh, pads of paper out with sign-up sheets throughout the uh, church services. I thought that was effective. Um, another thing we did for specifically this event, it was a big event uh, at that church, and so um, we needed lots of volunteers, so we passed out cards to everybody. Uh, kind of like a quarter of a page card 
It said with check boxes, you know, I can help with the trunk or treat. I can bring candy. I can bring X amount of candy. Uh, I can decorate a trunk and I can, you know, bring this much candy for that trunk. And so, um, anyways, that's a great effective way to do it. Whether you just do a sign up sheet in your lobby, you pass around sign up sheets, uh, or you just put a card in everyone's hand. I've seen all those things done effectively, but it just kind of depends on your people and those type of things. Um, for the first year, I'd really recommend passing out a card to each individual to really kind of show them, hey, we need a lot of help. Um, and that really helps you when you are um, trying to place people. You know when people are gonna, who, who's going to show up to the best of your ability. Inevitably, people are going to show up to help and you're not going to have a place for them. So it's always good to kind of leave some places available that maybe can or, you know, may or may not get done. It's not the end of the world or somebody else can do them later, but um, to plug those people in. But if you want a certain people, this is a thing I've, I've found in the past that's beneficial to me is if you want certain people in specific places, ask them to do it before you put out the sign-up sheets. So if you think I want, you know, so-and-so to do this thing at the trunk or treat, go ahead and ask them to do that before you put a sign-up sheet. Because what happens sometimes is they sign up to do a specific thing or they sign up to do a trunk and then you have to go back and ask them like not to do that, right? And so it's just best if you say, okay, here are the areas that I have. Here's the things I need done. I would like this person to do that. And so go ask them before they have the sign-up sheet. And then if they sign up, you know, as like just a volunteer, you kind of already have a placement for them. One thing I really do in this is um, with, with people is I really try to have sections and have people over those sections. Uh, my goal at this type of event is to just really manage the event, uh, walk around, make sure my area leaders are good. So I have um, like donuts and hot chocolate. I have a photo booth. I have face painting. Um, we have hay rides. We have the trunk area. I have somebody going around making sure all the trunks have enough candy. I got people, I have parking attendants, but I have like, I have people in charge of each of those. So that way if there's an issue, the people that are helping know who to go to and they're not trying to get a hold of me, they can go to that person. And if that person has an issue, then they can reach out to me and say, hey, I've got a question or I've got a problem. Um, versus all these people that are helping, you know, however many there are, dozens, scores, hundreds maybe, uh, helping you. Uh, they're not all trying to find you, right? They're trying to find whoever is over their area. And they ask them that question. And then from there, that person can, you know, um, pass it on to whomever they need to. So it's really something that I've helped in the past because that gives me like four or five people to connect with throughout the night to make sure their area is running effectively versus trying to like make sure every single person uh, is is under control and uh, is got going what they need. So next thing, what are other things you can have available? So we've obviously the name of the event is Trunk or Treat or maybe you call it something else to encapsulate um, and you just have a Trunk or Treat at it. Like uh, my brother Brandon, they do the Harvest Night and one of the events they have at that is the Trunk or Treat. But whatever you call it, what are some other things you can have available? Uh, we have donuts. We do hot chocolate. We're going to do some coffee this year. And um, hot chocolate's really cheap. Donuts, um, depending where you get them from, are cheap. I've found Walmart to be the uh, the cheapest in our area. We have some other good donut, sh donut shops. We have like a Casey's. We have Dunkin' Donuts, obviously. Um, we have a local place called Donut Land. But they are just so much more expensive. They're 10 to $13 a dozen when Walmart is like $4 and 25 cents. So it's just really, it's not even, a, not even close. So kind of forces us to go that route to some extent because it's just significantly cheaper. Um, but if there's a local place that you can support, if you're, maybe depending on how many people you're having, or maybe you're, uh, like my brother-in-law, Tim Baker, they just give donuts and hot chocolate to the adults. And so maybe it's less so you can you know get a, maybe a nicer 
or a more local shop uh, type thing. But maybe cookies, coffee, um, have some food maybe there depending on your uh, size, some soups and things like that. I've seen that done in the past. Uh, music, those type of things, playing, singing. Uh, a hayride's pretty simple to do. Uh, if your church has some type of tractor, some of your church has a tractor and a hay rack, it's an easy thing that adds, you know, something that people like. Uh, some type of yard games or games going on in the gym, um, just just things like that available are always nice for people just to kind of add to the event, make it more than just a trunk or treat, make it kind of make it an event, make it an experience. Um, a couple years ago for COVID, uh, church has that we did like a package treat, like a hostess cake, those type of things, and a Capri Sun versus hot chocolate and donuts because they were uh, pre-packaged and all those things. And so even, you know, even now that's a good option uh, depending on your area. Uh, some people are more even still concerned about that type of thing. So uh, maybe that works for you and those are uh, relatively cheap options. And then next year, try to cast a vision for your church people and to them. Uh, many of them won't understand the purpose or the possibilities of this event until it's happening. And uh, like I said in the past, some past episodes, uh, every time I've had somebody come up to me and just like, wow, this is amazing. Um, did you expect this, right? This is, this is out of the box. In my first year, I'm, 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 I was totally there. Uh, we'll probably get more into more detail on this with, with Ryan, but I think we were planning on a hundred. I think he said like 40, you know, he was planning on, we were kind of a hundred and like 250 to 400. I mean, we didn't really get numbers, but it was just an enormous amount of people, especially compared to what we were planning on one of the guys in the church he was like handing out cash for people to go like buy candies at like dollar general and uh kroger and things like that just to kind of get us more candy because it was like way way out of control uh from what we were planning on and everything went good went smoothly but we're like okay this is gonna be this is gonna be something we're gonna roll with in the future but um you know many many people aren't gonna understand um the purpose of this event or how it relates to the church or things like that. So uh, you'll be patient with people and try to get them on board as much as possible. Cast the vision to them. Tell them, you know, maybe uh, results of other places that have had this. Tell them your goals. Love to have this many people. Love to see these people show back up in church. We um, we had about six families from our Easter visitors. About six of them were like, had their, our first connection with them was Trunk or Treat, and, and several of them still. Um, I, I got families helping this year that last year was their first time at our church at Trunk or Treat, uh, a couple families. And so uh, super cool, super cool there to have like people that are like engaged um, attenders of our church now that are helping with this event that the first time they came to our church was that event. So tell people your goals. Um, if you usually do something for the church kids, this is a tip here. You know, if you can do it another night, that's good, or run them through before. Uh, don't neglect them. That kind of ticks off parents sometimes when... Um, you know, internally. And you can, you know, I, I get it where it's like, you know, this is bigger than, you know, your kid getting candy maybe, or we got a lot going on, but, um, you know, parents want to see their kids be able to take part in things like this. Uh, so if you can do something on, on a different night at church where maybe it's a little bigger or something for them, a little more specific, or if you're able to run them through before or after you try to try to make that happen. Um, this is a great opportunity to engage new people in helping as I talked about with my brother. Um, there's just a low, low commitment, low bar to move people in to help with this event. Uh, it's a little more of a casual event. And depending on what kind of church you are, maybe what different, you know, ministry standards you might have, sometimes it's difficult to uh, get people engaged and get them serving in an area. And this just is a very, like, low level of entry to serve in this type of, in this type of event. So really encourage, try to get new people in this, engage a bunch of people. Try to find places for everyone to help. Um, this type of event is geared 
definitely towards uh, children and younger families. So many older folks, they feel left out uh, in an event like this, but, you know, they don't have to. Uh, I know a lady in our church, um, last year she helped hand out donuts with our donut wall, and this year she signed up to do the same thing. Because inside, uh, it's not as, you know, I, I don't know why she necessarily signed up to do it this year, but I was thinking last year was a great spot for her. And so uh, there's lots of spots for everyone to be involved from any age. And I know churches I've been in the past, some of the older folks uh, felt like, oh, I don't know what to do. And there's really just a lot of places they can help. And so try to create those things as well. I think a huge um, bonus of this event is just engagement. And, and not just people helping, but like helping with each other, right? Looking and seeing like, wow, look at our church as a whole doing this thing and all these different people on board and all these people, different people doing things. And it's always neat to see people that maybe are hesitant to help with other ministries or hesitant to help with different things, jump in and just, you know, really, really do, do awesome things. I, I think of a family church I was at and they, before, and, uh, you know, they, they weren't a bad family by any stretch and they, they were faithful to church, but weren't necessarily engaged in a lot of ministries or things like that. But man, they built awesome trunks uh, for this thing, went all out, and uh, just, spent, I mean, spent money, built super cool displays for their trunk, and really just went all out. And this is something they really love to do. And uh, and that's great, right? Why well, It's a great opportunity for them. Um, something, you know, depends on your size of church, how many people you have. I know something this year that was kind of, you know, last year was not an issue by any stretch, but something I considered was like, we had like full families, you know, teenagers, those type of things at, at the trunk. And it was like, I kind of needed people in other places. So if you, you know, if you can ask your people, maybe, hey, just have like two adults or, or you know, adult and a couple of kids at a trunk to hand out candy. If you need that, those help other places, it's okay to ask that. So that wraps up this episode about planning your trunk or treat event at your church. And if you have any questions, uh, my email will be in the description and hope you enjoyed this episode. And we'll have a few more here about promotion and how to advertise this event and then just kind of some things to think about on the day of. And we've got another interview, like I said, with uh, Ryan Rupel, and uh, we'll have you dropping that uh, hopefully next week. And uh, looking forward to a great time with him and get some different tips and things that they've done at their church and uh, results that they've had. So always a good thing to hear. Well, once again, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, I encourage you to do so. And we've got lots of content coming. Uh, just lined up another interview today uh, with a friend of mine to talk about follow-up and are really excited about that interview in the coming weeks. And so uh, leave us a review, leave us a rating. Once again, I'll put my email in the description if there's anything I can help you with in regards to this. We'd love to do so. Thanks. Have a great rest of your day.